Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. I'm back with another great episode with my friend and AIM7 advisor, Dr. Alex Arbach. Alex is a performance psychologist and coach to elite athletes from the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, as well as Fortune 500 companies. And he's here to help you lead yourself better. This is a topic I really wanted to lean into with Alex. And as a side note, he's actually developing an entire series on this subject for the AIM7 app. So if you like this, you're going to love what he's building. Today, Alex focuses on leading yourself first through self-regulation, planning, preparing, and managing any situation based on tools, context, and feedback. What I love about what Alex discusses is that it's super practical for anyone wanting to be a better version of themselves because we all know that the war is won between the years. And if you win that war, the odds of success are in your favor. But before we get started, if you haven't signed up for my newsletter adaptation, you should check it out. Every Friday, I'll email you information and tools curated for high performers just like you. You'll receive actionable information and the most recent cutting-edge science on how to improve your mind, body, and recovery so you look, feel, and perform your best. Check it out. The link is in the show notes. Now to my conversation with Alex. So let's lean in and learn from the best. Alex, I find that the number one battle, the least that I'm facing and a lot of people are facing when it comes to living a high performance life, just showing up the best version of yourself is winning that battle between your ears. It's not being reactive, but being thoughtful. It's, you know, overcoming impulsivity, uh, making good decisions, even when we're tired. So how do we lead ourselves better? This is like a whole big can of worms, man. I, you know, it's, such a, it's such a big, big question. I, I mean, you know, the, the nerdy psychologist in me goes back to kind of like the core of what I think therapy is about, the core of what I think high performance is about, the core kind of skills that people need to, to be their best consistently, I think really boils down to me to self-regulation. And what that means is, is really two things. One, it means being able to kind of manage, direct, or control your thinking, feeling, and physiology, and as a result, your behavior, right? And then two is to optimize how much you learn so that you can better execute the skills that you have on a regular basis. But I guess like to zoom out of that for, for a bit, I mean, we can come back and dive deeper into those two, two parts. I think like the fundamental question to me when it comes down to leading yourself first is just starting to think about Treating yourself well, starting to think about your own health and high performance as an investment in your own longevity and your ability to do the best work for yourself and the people around you. So I think that the conflict that always like emerges in this discussion is this idea of like servant leadership, which I'm just can't can't stand anymore. But, but you know, it's this whole notion. Why, that why like, can't you stand servant leadership? Because I think we've just gone too far. We've, we've taken it to this place where like all of leadership should just be about making sure that everyone else has everything that they need. And what happens when you're on a plane and you're enacting servant leadership and you lose cabin pressure is that you end up passing out in the aisle from handing masks out to everyone else and not taking care of yourself at all. And so, you know, I think people end up with this idea that like servant leadership is the opposite of selfishness and selfishness is bad. But really like 
selfishness in this context, right? Being selfish, taking care of yourself, engaging in self-care, sleep, high-performance routines, those are all investments in your ability to be your best for other people, which is ultimately mm -hmm. what people need from you anyway. And, and so that's where my mind goes when I hear lead yourself first is like, how do I turn myself into the best, highest performer I can possibly be so that I can give out everything I have to give to the world around me? That to me is like true servant leadership. It's not let me pick up everything for you. Let me help you out. And then sort of like run myself ragged, trying to make sure that you have exactly what you need, even if it means I don't get what I need. Yeah, that, that, that's unhealthy. Um, I think <laughs> a lot of the servant leadership stuff has come out of like religious contexts and uh, let's take like Jesus, like they're like, Jesus was the ultimate servant leader. Yeah. But if you actually read the Bible, do you know what he did? He actually went off by himself quite frequently. <laughs> like, that's what it says. Like he would like go off. Why? Like, it, you know, like the point is, is like you can't serve if you have no place to serve from. 100%. So 100%. what I'm hearing is, is like you need to take care of yourself uh, if you want to be able to to serve others. But like, let's get back to this leading ourselves thing. Yeah, yeah. Because I can't servant lead anybody if I can't servant lead. I, I mean, if I have no control <laughs> over my own mind and I'm a crummy person, nobody, I, I can't earn the right to lead you unless I lead myself first. So let's talk about self-regulation and some of these other pieces. Yeah. So, yes, I mean, I, I think, you know, let's assume we've got, I'm with you. Let's assume we've got the baseline, right? We're taking yeah. care of ourselves. Now it's like about becoming the best leader we can be. Mm -hmm. Self-regulation, I guess, you know, like I said, it's this ability to manage and direct and somewhat control your thinking, feeling, and physiology and your behavior, and then to, to guide yourself through a regulated learning process. So the first part of that is really about kind of three buckets, right? It's about understanding the context that you're in. It's about having a broad range of skills you can deploy in those contexts. And it's about adjusting to the feedback you get as you're doing that. So let's mm -hmm. take like a super clear example. We'll go back to my plane for a minute, right? In, in a plane situation, you hit some turbulence. It's like everyone's least favorite activity. Well, the context says like, you should probably be a little bit nervous, right? It's just like totally normal, right? The context is like the plane is not super comfortable. It's not as smooth as I'd like. Repertoire is all the skills you could use in that moment to make this context manageable. So that would be things like deep breathing or talking to your neighbor and distracting yourself or breathing heavy into the brown bag. Like there's no right or wrong. It's just all <laughs> the possible options that you have to basically manage this particular situation. And then adjusting to the feedback is like once the plane smooths out, you stop breathing into the brown bag and you go back to your sort of like normal abilities and back to your normal range of, of behavior, right? So if you can kind of map those processes onto leadership, like that's what leading yourself first is to me. So let's get like, take a leadership example then. Let's make it more interesting. So, you know, you're walking into like a board meeting. This is something that uh, I think few people have had some experience with. You're going into this board meeting and you're not sure like if you're going to be able to accomplish what you want to accomplish. You've got a big ask coming up and you really want to make sure you can get the board's okay for you to move in a particular direction. Well, context sensitivity would be about like knowing where you're at, right? Like, how's my energy today? How do I feel? What's my headspace? It would also be like, where's my board at? You know, are they mm. going through anything significant? Is there something happening in John's life that would make him a little less receptive to me today? And how do I manage that proactively? How do I think about that and be considerate and empathic? 
to what John is going through. That's like what understanding the context and context sensitivity is about. Repertoire is then understanding like, okay, what skills do I need to deploy in this context to maximally deliver. Ultimately, like that's what high performance is. It's knowing what skills to use in what context. And so without context sensitivity, you're not gonna know what skills to use. You can't lead yourself first. So repertoire, you've gotta have like a broad range of things that you can do, right? Like maybe it's, you know how to sweet talk John, you know how to give him a verbal hug, right? You also know that you're maybe a little low energy going into the board meeting. And so you have the ability to sort of like Coach yourself through that. Maybe you do some fast paced breathing to up your energy. Maybe you listen to some hype music to get yourself ready. Like you have a broad range of skills that you can deploy to match what you need to be and who you need to be to the context that you're in. And then you're really locked in to your internal and external environment and you're adjusting to the feedback. So you give John this big verbal hug. And he loves it. He smiles, he warms up, his shoulders relax, he loosens up, and now you feel a little bit better. So you can kind of relax and settle in and you can deliver your message really clearly, right? Or you notice that like you're too hyped up from listening to Enter Sandman by Metallica before you go in. And so now you need to calm down, right? And you do some deep breathing to bring yourself back into this space where you can be your best. That's what feedback to the environment's about. So ultimately, To me, that's what leading yourself is, right? It's about knowing, like, how do I be the best me that I can be in each moment? And that involves, like I said, reading the reading the room, essentially, right? Yeah. Knowing yourself and then adjusting to the feedback from both places. Man, I need you in my world. Like because some mornings, like um, I had a meeting with the team today and I felt a little anxious, not anxious, but I could feel myself kind of ramping up a little bit. Right. And at one point. I didn't respond in a way I wasn't rude or anything, but it just, the, the words didn't come out the way I wanted them to come out. And I don't know if anybody caught on to that, but I was disappointed in myself. But sometimes you need, you know, just, I like this, like thinking through the scenario before it happens and then accessing the tools that you need to access. It's just way too smart uh, and simple, but it really is like most people don't do this. There's no thought process. It's just do. And then you get yourself in trouble. I think I really, we should double, double down on that for a minute too. Yeah. Leading yourself first, if that's okay, because I, I'm amazed in some of my work with executives and CEOs, like how few people actually plan and prepare. And there's really no shortcut for that. You know, like if you actually want to lead yourself first, if you want to be the best you that you can be, you've got to do the work prep preparing, right? Like, you know, this from your time in elite sport, there's a reason that practice time is like, 10 times the amount of game time, right? Mm. There's so much more practice than game time. Not because the games are like not important or because there's is like some magical proportion, right? Like the game's the most important thing that you do. And so of course you need to spend the most time you can preparing, right? And so it's, you know, it's easy to let that stuff go by the wayside when you're in back-to-back meetings and you've got family and you've got team members to talk to and you've got tasks that you've got to knock out. But ultimately... If you haven't figured out like what you need to do at any given moment in your day and you haven't planned or prepared, it's really, really hard to be maximally confident. It's really, really hard to deliver your best work in that moment because now you're just improvising, right? You're, you're sort of like showing up and seeing what happens. And some people are amazing at improv, but I'd venture to guess that even those people would be a little bit better off if they prepared. And so I think like this is just a, a huge part of really executing at a high level. I agree with you 100%. It's you get so stuck 
in the grind of the day or the week that the meeting sneaks up on you and you have no time and it's like, oh my gosh. And then it's just, it's just a vomit of stuff. What I try to do personally is, is spend time in Notion. You know, every single week is documented. And then I try to like, you know, I've even noticed a pattern of like, as the week goes on, my prep falls off. And so I'm working better at like Monday for the team stand up, like here are the bullet points, adding people on it as we're going through Tuesday, following up Wednesday, you know what I'm saying? And you just have to be prepared or otherwise it's just, you're just flying by the seat of your pants. Let's dig into this a bit more. Like what about like leading yourself when you're exhausted? That's when people, you ever heard the saying, don't make decisions when you're lonely, angry, hungry, tired, or stressed. I haven't heard that saying, but it makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Lonely, (laughs) angry, hungry, tired, or stressed. You're going to do something stupid. And I think like, what what would you uh, suggest to somebody in those moments for how they can regulate themselves to make sure that they're making the best possible decisions? I mean, I think first is figuring out if this is actually a decision you need to make right now. So I think often we feel like pressure to just push forward, especially in these kind of like high pressure peak performance settings, right? Whether that's sport or, you know, elite business, right? Or even like a small business or law firms, you know, there's all these places where like the pace is just super quick and the currency of success is productivity, right? Which is may or may not be true. And it's probably not the best way to measure success, but it's like the way we've all been socialized, right? That's a, that's a conversation for another In software, if you're not shipping, you're not that's a really good early sign that you're not doing your job. So some, yeah. in some ways, this is very true. Yeah. So I think the first is to figure out, is is this a decision that you need to make right now? The second is, if, if the answer is yes, then I think it's to first acknowledge what factors might be impacting that decision and to imagine what it would be like if that factor were not an issue. So it sounds sort of weird, right? But if you're hungry, let's say, Well, let's imagine that you just came back from eating like a a well-balanced lunch. Would you still think or feel the same way? And it sounds sort of weird, right? But people can actually imagine themselves doing that. You know, people can imagine themselves coming back or being in a different headspace. We all know what it feels like to have just eaten lunch. We all know what it feels like to be really tired and hungry. And so you can sort of compare and contrast those internal states and then figure out if you would calibrate differently. It's almost kind of like sleeping on it, but not really sleeping, right? It's just sort of like delaying what Daniel Kahneman would call delaying your intuition, right? It's this idea that you want to gather a little bit more data and see if you can imagine alternative scenarios where you're uncovering your biases so that you can make a better informed decision. And then probably the third thing to do, if you're actually going to make this decision and you've weighed or counteracted the biases, would be to check your decision with someone else that you trust so that someone else could help you sort of like recalibrate and decide whether or not your decision is actually right. Now, you have to be careful if you're like the CEO or someone in charge, right, that people aren't just going to. Yes. Oh, yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be yes. Yes, man or yes, woman in that scenario. Mm -hmm. No, you want somebody that's going to call you. on. Yes. You want someone who's going to be honest with you about the decision that you're going to make. But you know, if you can get that kind of external viewpoint, that that can also be helpful um, because this is just sort of a reality of like the daily work life, right? Like you're going to have to make decisions when you're tired. You're going to have to, you know, make decisions at the end of the day when you've gone through a number of other decisions and now you have decision fatigue. But if you can 
Delay a decision if possible, then delay your intuition if possible, and then check your decision if possible. You're likely to end up in a better spot. Thanks again for listening to the Blueprint Podcast. And if you have been listening for a while, and there are about 5,000 of you, yeah, there are 5,000 people that are listening to this show multiple times a week, and you haven't left us a comment or review, would you please take two seconds to do that? That is a huge way that you can help grow this podcast so that we can reach more people with the message of the Blueprint. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.